Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that overanalyzes the classic 1984 movie Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we are back here to re- to analyze Minute number 7 with you today. How are you doing today, Brady? I'm doing good. Not, <laughs> I'm doing... At, a, not at a seeming loss for words like you are. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm stumbling, tripping over my own tongue here today. So uh, I have a Tex Avery style, uh, you know, have you ever seen the cartoons where the wolf comes out and his tongue like rolls out on yeah, the, when yeah, he sees yeah. like a Betty Bo- Boop dancing? That's Tex Avery did that artistic stuff. That's me today. Well, uh, if you're ready, we can go ahead and roll on into minute number seven. We have a lot of content to cover here today. That's true. Uh, because this is the first appearance of Egon Spangler, a.k.a. Harold Ramis, uh, a comedic legend that we have to pay tribute to in appropriate fashion. So let's do it. At the seven minute mark, Vinkman tells Stance that the sea sponge migration he had witnessed had only migrated about a foot and a half. Then we see Dr. Egon Spangler, played by the late Harold Ramis, sitting on the floor using a stethoscope on a library and excuse me, on a table in the library's main hall. Dr. Vinkman runs up and begins teasing Egon by rapping on the table and moaning his name Egon in a ghostly manner before dropping a book on it. And spooking Egon. We, we should have a Foley artist come in here and do all that. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, seven minutes, ten seconds, unimpressed by the book slamming. Egon stands up, virtually unfazed, and tells Vinkman that something legit is going on. At seven minutes, fifteen seconds, Vinkman tells Egon that this reminds him of the time that Egon tried to drill a hole in his head. Egon tells him that would have worked if Peter hadn't stopped him. At seven minutes, twenty seconds, Roger Delacour, the library director, introduces himself to the Ghostbusters. Vinkman introduces himself as Dr. Vinkman. Ray Stance is Dr. Stance, and Dr. Egon Spangler as just Egon. At 7 minutes 30 seconds, the library director tells Dr. Vinkman that he hopes that things will be fixed quietly. At 7 minutes 38 seconds, Alice the librarian is shown laying down and being interviewed by the Ghostbusters. She describes the free-floating vaporous apparition as having arms and moving toward her. Ray is excited by her terrifying experience. At seven minutes forty-five seconds, Vankman tells Alice that she needs to ask him her. He needs to ask her a couple of questions that are standard. He asks if there is a history of mental illness or schizophrenia in her family. She remarks that her uncle once thought he was Saint Jerome. Vankman calls that a big yes. So that ends minute number seven. Uh, again, the Ghostbusters just kind of show up. We introduce Egon. They talk to Roger Delacour, the uh, librarian custodian, and then excuse me, the director of the library, and then. Vinkman uh, asks Alice if she's had a history of mental illness in her family, which is probably standard questioning in their line. If someone comes up to them and says, hey, I saw a ghost, you have to be skeptical up front, right? Yeah, but and, you don't have to ask him the questions that he's asking. Some pretty personal questions. I think yeah. some of them may not be of uh, any scientific validity. And that's, that's totally Peter just uh, curing his boredom by taking advantage of people. Everything's a joke to this Everything's guy. A he's a big joker. Look at this mm-hmm. guy. Look at this mook. So... Um, yeah, he asked her about St. Jerome, and I got some funny facts on that. But first, we need to go ahead and talk about uh, the guy who's introduced in this scene, Dr. Egon Spangler, a.k.a. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis was an 80s and 90s comedy icon. He wrote Animal House, Meatballs, Stripes, Back to School. He directed National Lampoon's Vacation and wrote and directed Caddyshack, Groundhog's Day, Analyze This, Analyze That, in Year One. Wow. I mean, I could rattle off everything the guy's been involved with, and this would be a two-hour-long podcast. I think, aside from, you know... Dan Aykroyd's, you know what? No, even more so than Dan Aykroyd's presence, Harold Ramis probably did more for this movie than anybody. Oh, yeah. Aside from starring in it, aside from writing it, uh, he sort of redirected the movie into something coherent that became what we got with the movie. You know, if Dan Aykroyd, um, who sure was the, you know. The heart and soul. The heart and soul, yeah, but it was his brainchild. It was his brainchild, yeah. And he wrote it and he starred in it, had sort of 
continued making the movie that he originally came up with, I, I don't, I personally don't think that we would have gotten what we, you know, something that was going to have the staying power that this did. That's all Harold Ramis. I, I think Dan Acker is like the spark of imagination of projects like yeah. this. I, I've never met the guy, but I have a feeling he's one of those dudes that can sit down and just start typing out tons of stuff. Yeah. You know, like Ghostbusters was very well researched, but he had this whole mythology up in his head and he put enough trust in both Harold Ramis and Ivan Reitman to kind of direct that into what became the final product. That's right. So, uh, Harold Ramis also co-wrote Ghostbusters, like you said. Uh, he was also a member of the Second City Comedy Troupe and was on SCTV. Okay, this is a TV show. You ever seen SCTV? Uh, no. I watched it on Nick at, Night, uh, Nick at Night when I was a kid. Listen to this cast. Okay, and this isn't even the full cast. So Harold Ramis is on there. John Candy, Eugene Levy, Rick Moranis, Catherine O'Hara, Martin Short, and Dave Thomas. Good. Lord. Yeah, and there was all so much talent. Second City was kind of like, do you know anything about the Second City comedy troupe uh, at all? A little bit, yeah. And so Dan Aykroyd was also in it with Brian Doyle Murray, as we talked earlier. If you just Google or Wikipedia the people that have been in Second City, you're going to see like the list of the preeminent comedian and comedic actors for like the last like 40 years or however long it's been open. It's just, it's usually Saturday Night Live, I believe, picks people from Second City and from the Groundlings, which I think is a Los Angeles uh, comedy troupe, uh, like an improv type troupe. Kind of like the Upright Citizens Brigade out there as okay, well. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, they're all, they had their hands in different stuff. A lot of podcasters are also members of the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, or like perform at the UCB Theater out there as well. Yeah. So, but this was back in the 70s and 80s when SCTV was a career track to SNL and to film and stuff like that. So, uh, the line about Egon drilling a hole through his head was in the script, but Harold Ramis actually ad-libbed the part about how it worked if Finkman hadn't stopped him. Which is funny because from everything I've heard, Bill Murray is the one who was the king of improv on the set of Ghostbusters. Right. That like almost every line in the movie, he came in and improv with it. You know, much like his character, Peter Venkman is having fun with all this crazy stuff going around him. It seemed like Bill Murray took yeah. the material and just had a good time with it. And it's a much stronger movie because of that. So, but tell me a little bit about your experience with Harold Ramis, because I know me, Egon was always my favorite because he was like the science character or whatever, yeah. but, uh, I'm also a huge fan of his work. Like Caddyshack is still one of my favorite I movies. I think um, Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. which he directed and I think wrote, uh, is one of the most brilliant philosophical movies ever made, um, or at least in recent history. And uh, the movie just touches on some really, really, really deep stuff. And yeah. uh, it, for, for any listeners who haven't seen it, please seek it out and please see it on, watch it on multiple levels, like... Uh, as a comedy, and then as something a little bit deeper, and you'll really get something out of it. I think Analyze This is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Um, yeah. But, I remember going to see Analyze This and having no expectations for it, mm-hmm. and just laughing my ass off. Yeah. And being like, it's I can't really wait until they make a sequel to that. And then I saw the sequel. But Analyze This stands <laughs> yeah. as just a fantastic film. It's it's so funny start yeah. to finish. It holds up really well, too. Yeah, but that was kind of De Niro's kind of like turn to comedy stuff. He had this long streak of, I think he got in there and really enjoyed doing comedy, and mm-hmm. that's how we got like, uh, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle later down the line. Oh, yeah. But also Meet the Parents, which, you know, is a, is a great franchise yeah. also. So, um, yeah, Harold Ramis. Uh, if, if you had a, a comedy script in the early 80s, late 70s, you know, and you needed it to be punched up and have a great guy come in and direct it, like he, he was the go-to guy it for everything. It was effortless. It was just as effortless as Bill Murray's ability to come in and do what he did. Yeah. It was just, you know. So here's the funny fact. Harold Ramis actually not uh, originally cast as Egon and didn't have any intention of being in the movie at all. But the further he worked on the script with Aykroyd, he looked at it and said, you know what? I could be the guy who comes in and plays this character. Uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't his original haircut either. He had that done up for the movie. Oh yeah, that's Have right. Have you ever yeah. seen him with like a 
afro. Yeah, he had like an afro, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hilarious. So, uh, yeah, the Harold Ramis uh, unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. I think in the later years of his life, he had a lot of health problems. But mm-hmm. uh, I really, I think that kind of was the ultimate kibosh on the idea of a returning Ghostbusters cast. I mean, people say like, oh, wouldn't Ghostbusters 3, the original cast, have been great? It actually got made, but it was a video game, not That's a movie. Right. So, um, St. Jerome. Do you know who that is? Uh, tell us about him. St. Jerome is the patron saint of librarians. So, uh, uh, you know how there's like different Catholic saints for different things. St. Yeah, Jerome yeah, is the right. saint of librarians. Uh, and I found a very interesting quote from St. Jerome that I felt was kind of uh, appropriate for this movie. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read it real quick. Just a little bit to back this up. St. Jerome, as usual, uh, saints are, uh, lived a life maybe that wasn't the most pious prior to his uh, finding God and before his canonization. But... Uh, he was basically a big party animal uh, and then found God and uh, became uh, the patron saint of libraries. Anyway, so this is at, uh, going back to his uh, party days, what he would do, he felt a lot of guilt for it. And the way that he would atone for this guilt is he would go down into crypts and just spend a lot of time down there walking around the dead bodies and stuff. So I have this quote from him. Often I find myself entering those crypts deep dug into the earth with their walls on either side lined with the bodies of the dead where everything was so dark that it almost seemed as if the psalmist's words were fulfilled. Let them go down quick into hell. Here and there the light, not entering through the windows, but filtering down from above through shafts. Relieved, excuse me, yeah, relieve the horror from darkness. But again, as soon as you found yourself consciously moving forward, the black night closed in around and there came to my mind the line of Virgil, horror ubique. Onimos silmul ipsa salenta terent. My Latin is terrible, but and I don't know what that means. God. Yeah. So some wow. da- <laughs> some pretty dark stuff there. But it's funny that Alice, the librarian, her uncle thought that he was the patron saint of librarians. Yeah. So that's really funny. So there is a uh, actual goof in this shot when the director of the library comes up to talk to them. If you look right behind Egon's head as they walk off screen, you can see a studio light set up. Really? You can see the outline of it, like the, um, you know, when they open up the light, they have the little windows that kind of open up to direct the light yeah. on, on a movie set. You can actually see the light and then one of those wow. open up. Now, it's it's placed as if it looks like light coming through a window, but mm-hmm. I, I watched it several times. It's definitely up there. Definitely so. up there. See, yeah. that's funny because I'm always distracted by things like that by uh, whatever, really whatever Bill Murray is doing when he's in frame. And um, yeah. he's doing something right there that he's doing to the hotel manager later. And that's just completely messing with the guy. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's really funny the way he's handling him. Um, I do have a note on the fact that when Alice says, uh, you know, the ghost had arms and it reached out for her, something that is obviously troubling to this woman. It's going to plague her for the rest of her life. She's seen something just absolutely terrible. Reach out for her and raise response. Wow, this thing's got arms. I can't wait to get a look at this thing. <laughs> unprofessional, but um, I don't think so much. He finds like pleasure in her pain, but he's just oh, like well, yeah. it, that. That kind of stuff doesn't register to him. He's like that childlike quality, like we said. He's just inquisitive. He wants to get out there yeah, and see it. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another thing is that um, so Peter is sort of again to cure his boredom by taking advantage of this woman and the questions he's asking her just to get laughs for himself. It really reminded me of a scene from the Goonies where Corey Feldman mouth is messing with the, uh, oh, yeah. with the new cleaning lady and translating everything in Spanish. But of course he's telling her the wrong things. Yeah. And it, it, it seems almost like that character is like a younger Peter Venkman almost. Yeah, I can see that. And, uh, so I just kept thinking back to that when I was watching this minute. All right. Well, you got anything else to cover in this minute? Uh, 
No, that is it. That is it. Yeah, I think that's everything. So again, this was the minute that introduced uh, the late Harold Ramis. It's great and tragic to see him on screen. It's, it's you know, I love the guy. I wish he was still making movies. Yeah, but I mean, look, look at the body of work. He's yeah. leaving behind. Oh, absolutely. Nothing but classics. Sure. Nothing yeah. but classics. Tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow we're going to be back with minute number eight. Uh, and we hope to see you are, yeah, so you can hear us. See you so you can hear us back here at uh, Ghostbusters Minute. Uh, again, uh, if you want to visit us anywhere online, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Ghostbusters Minute. We do a lot of posting on there. I just posted a couple articles uh, today, in fact, uh, and we will continue to do so. You can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash GB Minute.